Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. We're a couple of days away now from the divisional round kickoff in the NFL, and we're going to start to break down those games in a substantial fashion for you. Uh, Giving you a roadmap for where we're headed here on Thursday. I first of all hope you're having a fantastic Thursday morning out there, getting ready for the weekend. In hour two, we'll talk with my guy Alex Marvez and kind of really get you rolling in terms of what he sees in these four divisional round playoff games. In hour three, we will talk with my guy Todd Furman out in Vegas up early in the desert and discuss how you can make some money betting on uh, these four games. Um, hour one, I wanted to really kind of focus on something that I find to be utterly intriguing and especially off the jump. That is the NFL playoff ratings in the wild card absolutely tanked. We talked a little bit about this on Tuesday, I believe it was, after the NFL, after the college football playoff game. But I went back in and looked at this in the context of the college football playoff rankings, which came out on Tuesday, kind of late in the morning, and we kind of started to get a picture for how many people watched Alabama, Georgia. And so I want to hit on these two things and get your ideas on these, bring in the crew and everybody else. But I want to start with this. We talked a bit about the fact that the NFL ratings were down 9.7% overall in 2017. That is, the course of the entire year, the ratings dropped nearly 10%. And that's after they were down 8% the year before. So in the past two years, the NFL ratings have dropped a substantial amount. 8% in 2016, nearly 10% in 2017. 
even more alarmingly for the NFL and its television partners, and I wrote an article and came on here and talked with you guys about the fact that the NFL television partners were going to lose approximately $500 million that they had budgeted that they were going to make across all of the different networks, whether it's NBC, CBS, Fox, or Disney slash ABC, ESPN. That's big money that they budgeted they were going to make that they're actually going to end up not making now off of the NFL. So this is a big hit to the overall business community, the collapse of the NFL. And at the same time, usually the playoffs help to revive things because there are only four games in the wild card. And this is pretty scary, I think, for the NFL. The wild card ratings for all four games that aired last weekend, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, fell 13%. And everybody out there who's been making an argument on behalf of the NFL has been like, well, it's a challenging environment. There's cord cutting going on. Netflix continues to get more powerful, popular. Hulu, all these other different entertainment options exist that didn't exist. And I'm like, really? In the last year? It suddenly has changed overnight? Those are the arguments the NFL made. But then something interesting happened. On Monday night, we had Alabama playing Georgia. And a lot of you out there were bitter and you were angry and you hopped on social media for a week leading up to this game after Georgia beat Oklahoma and after Alabama beat Clemson. And you said, I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to watch two SEC teams play. This is a rigged job. I'm going to sit out. The ratings are going to be awful. Nobody's going to care about Alabama versus Georgia. You got two Southern teams playing. And by the way, you had four regional teams playing in the playoff to begin with because Oklahoma, effectively a Southern team, really. I mean, Oklahoma and Texas, and I think Oklahoma and Texas and Clemson and Florida State are effectively shadow SEC teams. What I mean by that is their programs are every bit the equivalent of the big SEC schools. They just happen to play in the Big 12, and they happen to play in the ACC. If you were being 100% consistent in terms of the cultural fit, Oklahoma and Texas and Clemson and Florida State would all be in the SEC because they care, their fans care about college football just like the SEC fans care about college football. So it would make total sense to have all those schools in the same conference. But it was effectively a Southern uh, kind of playoff to begin with, even though we had two SEC teams win. And something interesting happened. The ratings were up substantially on ESPN cable for the college football playoff games. And then they were up substantially for the college football title game. Georgia and Alabama ended up being the second most watched game in the history of cable. Most watched game in the history of cable was the first year of the college football playoff when Ohio State played Oregon. Second most watched game is Georgia against Alabama. So it got me thinking, wait a minute. When you look at these two contradictory data sets, If everybody out there is arguing, oh, the reason why the NFL ratings are down is because cord cutting is getting more difficult, 
because of Netflix, because of Hulu. Wait a minute. Why wouldn't that impact the college football playoff even more, considering that the college football playoff is on cable? So every year, fewer people have cable because they're cord cutting. In fact, ESPN is losing around 10,000 people a day in many months that are leaving cable never to return. Wouldn't ESPN be more impacted by cord cutting and Hulu and Netflix and people watching out of the house and all these things? Wouldn't that be more impactful in terms of the audience? Yet the college football playoff ratings were up pretty substantially. Nearly 10% more people watched Alabama-Georgia than watched Alabama-Clemson. And Alabama-Clemson, by the way, was a really good football game, right? I mean, it went down to the wire and Clemson scored on the final play of the game effectively to win. And obviously Alabama-Georgia went to overtime. But why is college football up nearly 10% while the NFL playoffs are down nearly 13%? I think the answer that so many people have been refusing to acknowledge is that the NFL brand has been substantially tarnished by the decisions involved in the protest. And I don't know why I'm one of the few people who's willing to talk about this. It's like everybody else is coming up with other excuses for why the ratings are down. And I just think it's staring us right in the face. The NFL ratings, after surging for years, dropped 8% last year. And then they dropped almost 10% this year. And then college football, the playoff, is up substantially in ratings on ESPN. And the college football title game is up nearly 10% while the NFL playoff ratings are down nearly 13%. What other reason can you come up with other than the protest as a reason why this is happening? Now, I don't know exactly what's going to happen in the divisional round of the playoffs. I don't know what the ratings are going to look like. You got the Titans traveling to New England. You got the Jags traveling to Pittsburgh. Saints going to the Vikings and the Falcons going to the Eagles. Are those matchups going to do better than last year's divisional round? Not based on what we've seen so far this year. Do you guys have good theories for why this could be happening other than the protest? And it also got me thinking, the NBA, whose ratings continue to go up, needs to go to David Stern and give him a $100 million bonus for putting in place a rule that everybody stands for the national anthem in the NBA. Because I think if they didn't have that rule and players were protesting, it would have cost the league billions of dollars over the past couple of years over the way that players would have acted during the national anthem. As is, nobody in the NBA has ever done anything other than stand for the national anthem. And it hasn't ever been a story at all Meanwhile, in the NFL, this thing ever since Colin Kaepernick started has been a disaster. Now, I think football is under siege to a large extent over a variety of issues. Concussions, health of players in general, officiating. There are lots of reasons why 
the NFL, I think, could be facing real difficulty. Maybe, potentially, two years ago, when the NFL ratings peaked, they just reached the absolute apex, and there's nowhere for them to go in terms of getting bigger because the audiences have gotten so substantial. But when I hear people say, well, this is just the environment that we're facing, network television ratings are down in general, I come back and look at that discrepancy. Why is college football and their playoff and their title game surging? Why was the Alabama-Georgia game, even if it was two SEC teams? I think it's fair to say that was not the best matchup that ESPN could have ever gotten, right? One answer is, well, maybe the matchup was just so great. No, Alabama-Georgia, a lot of people were saying, I'm not going to watch. Now, I think those people were liars, and there was a great deal of interest in Alabama and Georgia. And certainly, your average person out there doesn't think, I think, Alabama-Georgia is a regional game, but Alabama-Clemson was a national game. I don't think that was the case. But it is an interesting juxtaposition, an interesting dichotomy that college football ratings surged this year while the NFL ratings are collapsing. And when I look at it and I see the difference, I say, okay, look, I've made the argument for a while, college football is more entertaining than the NFL. That's my personal opinion. But is there any other difference you guys can see between why college football would have nearly set an all-time record this year and why the NFL would be tanking? A 13% drop in NFL division playoff ratings following nearly a 10% drop year-long, following an 8% drop last year. They've officially hit the panic button in the NFL. The league television partners at NBC, CBS, Fox, and ABC slash ESPN, they are panicked. They are desperately trying to figure out what's going on. I think the NFL needs to almost come out and apologize to all of its fans for the past two years of politicization when it comes to the way that politics and the NFL have become intertwined. I'm not even kidding about that. I think that Roger Goodell and the NFL owners and the NFL players need to issue an official apology. Now, I talked about this after Thanksgiving. For those of you who missed it, I came on after Thanksgiving, and I said, guys, we've been taking calls on this for a while. We've been at the forefront of the NFL losing its base because people said, you know what, I just I don't want to put on the NFL and have to deal with the fact that players are complaining about things in America. I just don't want to do it. The NFL is my escape from reality. I want to watch football for three hours, and I don't want to focus on whether guys are upset about the national anthem or the president or politics or anything other than what are you going to do on third and eight? What defense are you going to apply? I want that to be my escape from the real world. And I think the NFL blew it by getting political. And I think the media that covers the NFL blew it by getting political. And I think that this really got brought home to me personally when I was down in Florida for Thanksgiving. And my father-in-law, who is uh, grew up in Detroit, my wife is from Michigan, went to the University of Michigan, her family all lives in Michigan, when we went to to his house down in Florida to for uh, for Thanksgiving, I'm sitting around, and it's been a tradition in our family on Thanksgiving, like your family, to watch the NFL. That's what we do on Thanksgiving. Put it on. 
and it's been a tradition in my wife's family too. Uh, in fact, we have gone to Detroit Lion games on Thanksgiving before with him. And I noticed that the game wasn't on. And I was curious. I don't remember who the Lions were playing. Um, but uh, I said, hey, can we put the Lions game on? Why is, it, why is it not on? And he said, I've just been so fed up with the NFL and politics and protesting this year that I haven't watched the Lions at all. I haven't put on the NFL this year. This is a guy who's been watching the Lions for his entire life. And certainly a guy who's been watching the Lions on Thanksgiving for his entire life. And he's not a reactionary. He's not some crazy political zealot. He's a very middle-of-the-road guy. He's an engineer. And he just said, I decided I don't have time for it. Uh, It's not enjoyable for me to put on the NFL and watch them talk about players protesting and politics and everything else. I'll just spend my time elsewhere. And he hadn't watched the Lions the entire year. That's directly in my family, someone who made the decision that has watched the NFL for generations on Thanksgiving and all season long, and I had to tell him to put the tele- put the game on so I could watch it. I think that's becoming a really big issue for the NFL, and I don't know how the NFL resolves it, but when I see the NFL down 13% in its playoffs the same time that college football is up 10%, it's not that people have too many options and are not interested in sports in the same way that they were before. It's that the NFL has lost a substantial portion of its viewership by alienating its fans. What can it do to bring them back? Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. NFL divisional round playoffs inching closer and closer. Two days from now, we get the first game kicking off. We're going to talk with Alex Marvez here in the next segment about all these games, but we started off the show and we continue to uh, to unpack here what I think is a big story, and it is the NFL wildcard weekend games being down 13% on average, all four of them being down double digits. So it's not as if one game just dragged the entire crew down. All four of the wildcard game ratings were down double digits, and uh, we have the college football playoff which happened on New Year's Day as well as on this past Monday. We were obviously down in Atlanta for that game, and the ratings for that game surged 10% over last year. So the question that I'm asking is, it's one thing if people just want to say, oh, the reason why the NFL ratings are down is because television viewing habits have changed. It's because television in general is under siege because people have a lot more options. They're watching On Demand. They're watching Netflix. They're watching Hulu. They're watching television in different ways. They're watching on their phones. All these different uh, explanations. But my question is pretty straightforward. It's, okay, if those same situations occur for both college and the NFL, why would college be up double digits and the NFL be down double digits, particularly when the college games are on cable? So in theory, it's harder to watch games on cable than it is basic network television. So if cord cutting was going to be a thing and people were watching television less, wouldn't ESPN have been more impacted by that than the NFL was? And look, a lot of the wild card games were pretty daggone competitive. It's not like we got a ton of 42-3 to games in the wild card weekend that just passed. Titans Chiefs went down to the wire. Panthers Saints down to the wire. 
Uh, certainly it wasn't a great game, but Bill's Jags went down to the absolute wire. And even the Rams and the Falcons game was pretty entertaining down the stretch. It wasn't like it was a blowout game. It was very competitive as well. So you got four pretty competitive games in the NFL wildcard. It may, may be a little bit more understandable. And you had, again, a lot of big markets. Atlanta against L.A. That's a pretty good game. Uh, two big-time quarterbacks in Cam Newton and in Drew Brees going head-to-head. Uh, you got uh, Bills in the playoffs for the first time in 20 years, basically. There's a lot of pretty good, sexy storylines. Lots of teams that hadn't been in the playoffs for a while that would have produced a lot of interest in those markets in Jacksonville and in Nashville. So I just I, I don't buy into the fact that everything else is working flawlessly for the NFL and somehow this is just the larger scale issues they're facing. And what I have been saying, I'm one of the few people who's been on this, guys, because everybody else out there in television has been making excuses. They've been saying, oh, well, it was the election. Oh, well, it was uh, the, the, the cord cutting and the challenges that television is facing in general. And what I've been telling you guys is what I've been hearing from people in the middle part of the country, not people in New York and L.A. so much, but the middle part of the country, the base, the backbone of football fandom, the middle part of the country, a lot of people saying, I'm just not going to watch the local. I mean, I'll watch maybe my local team, but I'm not going to watch the national games. And so everything is down substantially, and this comes on the heels of every game being down substantially. I pulled this from the uh, New York Times uh, sorry, the Wall Street Journal recently. And I looked at this and I said, man, this ain't good for the NFL. And I sent out this link. This was in the Wall Street Journal, I believe, Friday edition. Um, Monday Night Football, down 6% for the year. Fox Sunday Afternoons, down 9%. NBC, this is regular season, down 11%. CBS, down 11%. And Thursday Night Football, down 12%. Every NFL game and sequence was down substantially. And I wrote about this on in my website, OutKick, but it was going to miss revenue. The expectation was NFL television partners were going to miss revenue by 500 million bucks. The NFL with NBC, CBS, Fox, and Disney slash ESPN slash ABC, those networks were going to miss their budget by over $500 million because people were not watching. So... I would love to know it. What would you guys do to solve this issue? The NFL, if you were a business, let's just take it away from the NFL. If you were a business, a lot of you driving into work this morning, if you work at a for-profit business, and the NFL teams are for-profit businesses, and your revenue was down 20% in the past two years, it would be an all-hands-on-deck meeting, and everybody would be sitting around the table, and you'd be like, what's happened with our product? If you sold chocolate bars and your chocolate bar sales had just declined 20% in the past two years, you would be, it would be an oh crap moment. doesn't matter what you sell. If you were a bank and your deposits had declined 20% in two years, you'd be like, uh-oh, what are we doing wrong? Why are we losing everybody? If you're a retail store and your revenue dropped 20% over the past two years, no matter what you sell, you'd be like, we got to change something. We got to figure out what's going on here, or we're going to go out of business. What would you do? Does Roger Goodell in this offseason say we need to make a drastic change? We need to apologize. 
we need to go back and change the rule and make everybody stand for the national anthem? Does he hope this just vanishes and just disappears? I don't, I don't know what the easy answer is. I do know this. If you're down 20% in two years, that's trouble. If they came to me I'm on my show and they said, hey, since we hired you, Clay Travis, your ratings have dropped 20% in this time slot. You know what would happen? I would get fired. That's zero doubt. They would come to me and they would say, hey, I don't know what you're doing, but it ain't working. In the two years that you've been on air, your ratings have dropped 20%. 20% less people are listening to you than when you started. I'd get fired. Right here, I, I'm not lying. My contract's up at the end of June. They'd be like, we're going to go find somebody else. And I'd be like, I totally understand it. My job is to bring people in, and instead, I've run people off. Something I'm doing, not working. By the way, we're surging in ratings. Thank you for that. But if I understand that I'm in the ratings business, just like the NFL is. I'm in the business of making as many people listen for as long as possible, just like the NFL is in the business of making as many people watch football for as long as possible. That's how they make their money. And ultimately, I don't know if the players understand that, but that's how the players get paid. Ultimately, when they're protesting and knocking ratings down 20% for their league, they're taking money out of their own pocket. I don't know. The problem, I think, in general, is lots of people who are employees don't understand how they get their paychecks. I always say this, if you want to make more money, figure out how you get paid. Because if you can make your boss more money, he's going to probably pay you more money. A lot of people just want to be employees. They don't want to focus on what they need to do to make more money. They want to just focus on the fact that their paycheck continues to come in. They don't want to think about what can I do better to make my company more successful. They don't really take that next step. And I think a lot of NFL players did that too. I think they weren't really thinking about who pays their salary. If you are an NFL player, guess where your money comes from? Fans. Period. And so if the fans aren't happy, that's on you. Ultimately. Your job is to make the fans happy. You're an entertainer. And if you're not entertaining and keeping them happy, then it's on you. I used as an example... Uh, the Dixie Chicks. Remember when the Dixie Chicks went out there and insulted George W. Bush while they were overseas in England? And then all of a sudden they were like, holy crap, our fan base revolted on us? It wasn't just what the Dixie Chicks said, because if Madonna said it, nobody would have cared. If Jay-Z said it, nobody would have cared. It was that when the Dixie Chicks insulted George W. Bush, they were insulting their very base. The people who made their, paid their salaries, bought their music, went to their concerts. You can say they had First Amendment rights. All that is true. But if you alienate your base, you ain't going to be around very long in the entertainment industry. And what the Dixie Chicks did, I think, is similar to what the NFL players have done. They've alienated their base. All the people in the middle part of the country who love football, everybody in Texas, this is why Jerry Jones, I think, was so aggressive. Jerry Jones in Texas, he sees what's happening to the Cowboys. The Cowboys are as close to Americana as you can get. It's like mom, apple pie, Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones ain't dumb. He didn't become a multi-billionaire because he's bad at figuring out what people want. He looked around and he said, my God, this protest is alienating a huge portion of the Dallas Cowboy fan base. My mom just texted me. 
said your uncle refuses to watch the NFL other than the local team. And I think that's what a lot of people have done. You like your local team enough that you'll watch them, but you're not going to watch Monday night football. You're not going to watch Thursday night football. You may not watch the NFL playoffs if it doesn't involve your local team. I think that starts to explain it. That's been my theory for a while, that the last thing fans would give up would be their local team. The first thing they would give up would be the national games. Jason Martin, if I, if you, if Roger Goodell came to you and he said, this is a crisis, we're down 20%, what do we need to do? What would you tell him? Have the players stay in the locker room until after the national anthem, That's which not is gonna what solve college it football does. I think not it would. I, I don't, making people stand to me, I, I guess I just disagree. Like, personally, I want people to stand for the national anthem, but I don't like the idea of forcing people to do it. I think staying in, I, in the locker room would I don't, help. I, I, I don't just, see. I can't. I don't. They agree forced with that them to stand up in the NBA, and it's not a story at all. I think that's wrong too. Yeah, but it's not a story. I, think, I, I mean, people. I just. It's really weird to me. It's a slippery slope. I don't like mandating things like that. I think if you just have them stay in the locker room, I think that's a bad argument. No art. one sees think, it. Yeah, but that's that. First of all, they'll know now. So you, you can't think you do should it be now. If that to stand been, up for something if, you might not agree with. People do that all the time, Jason Martin. You have to wear a uniform that doesn't have like the cleats These aren't that the you same might things, want. Clay, yeah, it's totally just, the same I thing. I just don't agree with you. I, totally, I am totally patriotic and believe that you should stand for the national anthem. I also believe that we're in a country that actually believes in the idea that if you don't necessarily want to stand for the national anthem, you shouldn't necessarily have to, personally. You should as part of the job. You cannot do the job. Like this this is crazy to me. Like if you are a FedEx driver and you're a huge Donald Trump supporter and you want to wear a Make America Great hat again instead of your FedEx normal hat or whatever you wear, you can't do that as part of the job. If you are a McDonald's cashier and you're selling Big Macs all day, you can't wear a Hillary Clinton button on your McDonald's uniform. Do you know why? Because when you agree to be an employee, you give up some of your rights. They pay you to give up things that otherwise yeah, but they're not you paying you to, to stand do. for the national anthem at FedEx. They're not paying you to stand for the national anthem at Walmart. That's not part of your gig. It could you be. You signed a contract. What's part of your contract? I said, by the way, you also have to stand for the national anthem, be. or you can't play in the NFL. I think that's insane, though. Why? I just think it's insane. If it's just bad keep them for in the business. locker room. I don't care. Like, if I want to believe that everybody would stand for the national anthem, it's if it's but the bad fact for the matter your is, there are college players that did that would not stand for the national anthem if they were forced to be out there. At okay, the time, then they, they don't, have, then they don't have to play. Like, I don't understand how this is remotely controversial. Every single person who sells their labor is giving up some of their freedom in exchange for money. That's like par for the course. You are choosing, well, every single person who's driving into work today, right now, is choosing to sell their time in exchange for labor. And as part of selling their time for labor, they are giving up the right to do other things. Like that's literally the very basis of being paid for a job. The reason why I'm up right now talking on the radio is not because I want to do it for free. The reason why you're working as a producer is not because you want to do it for free or Danny G or, or Justin wants to do it for free. If our ratings were down 20% and I found out that our ratings would go up 20% again if we played the national anthem before this show started, I would make every single employee that works on this show stand up for the national anthem and we'd put the damn thing on Periscope and Facebook if it were going to make a difference. I give You guarantee it. And I would fire anybody who wouldn't do it. And I don't think that's a bad move. If I told you right now your your 
salary is going to be increased by 20% if we played the national anthem to start this show and you had to stand up and we had to put it on Periscope and Facebook and I guarantee you that our ratings were going to be up 20%. You wouldn't do it? Well, you're asking the wrong person in my case because I would have stood anyway because I right, believe but, in the national anthem. I'm just I'm suggesting, I'm just you, suggesting but, that if that if they're no, not but, out there actively standing up in front of me, I don't care about that. Okay, that's that's I don't for think you, you though. Mandate but that, does, them to but have that to doesn't do that. that doesn't ma- but that clearly doesn't matter to you. But it's mattering for twenty percent of the viewership. That's fine. And so you're, you're telling losing- me that that you should just take them and just be like, all right, well, you're still going to do this because it's a business. It's like, do you care about the patriotism or do you, do you just simply care about the money? Oh, I Those care about things- the money. Yeah, I well, care see, about the to, money, but uh, but, well, the, then, but then the response is then it's a sham. Is, then it's, it's, a it's sham. the equivalent of interviewing a black candidate for the Oakland Raiders. No, it's like not. T. It's Martin not. and not having any chance for that guy to get the it's job. It's the same gig. You don't no, even care not. if they're standing. You just want to make sure that people are watching the games. Yeah, Keep because them I'm in, in the a locker business. room. Who cares? I'm a business. I'm a business. I still believe man, the same thing. Don't invite them to the White House. Don't invite anybody to the White House because I don't care what their political stance is. If they want to do that on their own time and potentially harm their brand, that's fine. Jason, you got to take a step back you're answering this for yourself you're not thinking well, I have like to a answer business. it for myself no you're not thinking like a business owner you all right so as a business like owner a business i'm going to force people to go against look the, the guy that called up the army lieutenant that called up and said that it made him sick that that these people would think that they have the right to kneel while people are dying on the battlefield unfortunately they're dying on the battlefield for the right for people to that's express a bad their argument. opinion again it's not again, a bad argument. it is a bad argument the argument here is your business is down 20 percent I come to you and say, how do you solve it? You say, don't come out for the national anthem. That's not going to solve this issue. It's actually going to make it worse now. It's a compromise so put them that could have worked. Sham. If put you them out there to stand up. If you want to be employed as an NFL player, to me, that's not very much to ask. That to stand for an anthem that you might just, not agree with, might not like, might not might have yes, a problem with. And a lot issue. of people if think that want, it was an actual protest if you to don't the anthem. Want, and if it you really have wasn't. such an issue with the anthem and pro and and the fact that you can't protest in your uniform while you're at work then you can not be employed i don't understand why that's a difficult situation it's the exact same to me as somebody who is in a uniform like when you are in a uniform representing a company you don't have the right to protest and share your political opinions in that uniform i don't understand how this is not something that everybody on earth doesn't understand on the most basic level if you are in a uniform representing a company, you don't have the right to share your political beliefs with everyone that comes into contact with you that day. Easy example. If you are a Walmart cashier, you don't have the right to cash somebody out at Walmart and say abortion is murder. If that happened, every single person listening to us right now would be like, yeah, Walmart should fire that employee. If you showed up as a FedEx or a UPS driver, and when you delivered a package for Christmas this year, you said, God bless Donald Trump. Thank God he's making America great again. Everybody, and you wore a MAGA hat, make America great again hat. Every single person would say, yeah, you don't deserve the right in your uniform to be advocating on behalf of Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or any other political agenda. I don't understand how it's controversial for an NFL team to say the exact same thing to a player. If you want to advocate outside of the time when you're wearing my uniform, then you have the right to do it. Like, on my show... But you're av- wait, no, a second, no, wait a second, wait a on second, no, wait a second. Wait. No, stop. On my show, if Danny G came on and he was like, hey, today I want to talk about how much I love anime, I'd be like, we're probably not going to do that. 
And if when I went to Danny G and I was like, hey, what do you think about the Raiders and the decision to hire John Gruden? He was like, oh, I like the decision to hire John Gruden, but let me talk to you about this new anime film that I watched and how much I love it. And if he consistently did it, I'd be like, this dude can't be on the show because he's not fulfilling the obligations of the job in a, in a good way. Like, if you are showing up and advocating politically for any cause when you are in a uniform then that, and that is hurting my business, then I'm going to fire you. And I don't understand how that's remotely controversial. And if you take it outside of sports, I don't think there's a single person listening to us right now who would say, yeah, when I go to McDonald's and I order a Big Mac, I want to hear somebody who's taking my Big Mac order tell me what they think about campaign finance reform and why they need to be supporting my candidate or the fact that they believe that Bernie Sanders is right when he says that the corporations are getting like, you don't want to, just like, dude, I just want a Big Mac. Like, I don't want to hear from you why you think that the American global system, uh, capitalistic system is broken and the rich people are getting too rich and the poor people are getting too poor. Like, I don't care. I just want a Big Mac. And, and by the way, my fries too. I don't want any politics from you when I'm ordering something at McDonald's. And I think it's simply true as well that when people watch football, they're like, I want to watch football. I don't want any politics at all. This is my escape from real life. And if you are doing that and you are hurting my brand, then I'm going to fire you. And I don't understand how that's even remotely controversial. I think that's the very basis of American capitalism. Like you serve the customer. And if the customer's not happy, then I'm going to find somebody who can make the customer happy. I, I just I, I don't understand. Like, so you say, oh, it's a sham if somebody signs stands up. I don't really care about what their motivation is or what whether they agree with it. I care that they are there standing and that they're not hurting my business. So you're so you can have a political opinion, and say that they need to stand up, but they don't have the right to then have the political opinion on their own side. Yes, because, because you're, my you're political. I'm no, just suggesting that you leave them in the opinion, locker room so that we don't ever see their opinion one way my, or the other, and they're not forced to take I a stand. I don't on believe company standing time. up for the national anthem is a strong political opinion, and moreover, I don't think that it's the like, kneeling shouldn't be. No, it's not true at all. That's not true at all. Standing for the national anthem is a basic sign of respect. It doesn't mean that you're standing for the national anthem and like, oh, I'm a Democrat, and I'm standing for the national anthem, and oh, I'm a Republican. Standing for the national anthem doesn't tell me anything at all about your internal politics. Moreover, it doesn't in any way also mean that you don't have the right anytime else, anytime other than the three hours a day when you are in your uniform being paid by my team to play a game, you can have any opinion that you want. I don't think you that's true You can even have either. any opinion that you want in a press conference right after the game. You can even have any opinion that you want in a press conference after practice. But when you are in my uniform, on the field, being paid to play football, you do what I ask, just like the NBA. Like, the NBA is so smart. They should go give $100 million extra to David Stern and they should say, God bless you, David Stern. You were a genius. We dodged completely all of this disaster. Because if the NBA was kneeling, if guys were kneeling in the NBA right now, it would cost the NBA, it would have cost the NBA and the television partners billions of dollars over the past couple of years. It would kill the NBA if they were kneeling during the national anthem. And David Stern was smart enough to know this. He put in place a rule that everybody had to stand for the national anthem. You know what hasn't happened? Nobody's even out there saying, hey, how come the NBA makes its players stand for the national anthem? 
How come the NBA has to do this? How come the NBA players have to fake patriotism? How come they have to sham patriotism? Nobody's even asking because it's a basic rule that was already in place and nobody in the NBA has stood up to it. And in the NFL, they didn't have the rule, and as a result, their business is tanking down 20% in the past two years. That is push the panic button. We are in serious trouble. That ain't good. That is problematic. And how do you fix it? I don't know. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Alex Marvez, is the panic button time to be popped here down now that the NFL wildcard ratings were down 13%, even though college football was up 10%. I find that juxtaposition really fascinating. Would that scare you if you're the NFL? Yeah, I think it should. I mean, clearly, because advertisers at some point are going to say, what are we paying for? Should we shift our advertising dollars elsewhere to a hotter product? Now, as you know, the decay of network television is part of this as well. But no, they're, they're, and listen, the matchups weren't that great. In NFL games, there are some things that are inherently wrong with the NFL right now. The officiating is something that just comes up week after week. I think people are getting tired of it. And let's be honest here. Who wants to watch Tennessee, Kansas City? Who wants to watch Jacksonville, Buffalo? These aren't marquee games. Carolina and New Orleans is really more of a they're, – they're national teams, but they're not national teams. You know what I mean? They're just not these aren't big draws i think the real reason to panic may be if the big teams that play this weekend you know you're talking for the big markets philadelphia uh, you're talking uh, you know new england you're talking pittsburgh those types of things if they can't draw any traction then i think yeah i mean you will see how much the decline is because i expect it to decline as people continue to cut the cord and maybe watch games digitally or not watch at all but you're right it is it should be a concern for the nfl which game is best if you could only pick one to watch this weekend I, you know, call me a glutton for punishment, Titans and Patriots. I think we're going to see a better game, at least early on, than, than what people think. Of course, look, two things have to happen. Number one, the Titans have to come up with a plan to cover the tight end, something that didn't happen until Travis Kelsey yeah, good luck on that. out with a concussion. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, look, Tom Brady, 6-2 and two career record against Dick LeBeau. They've always found ways to attack his defense and be successful at it. And, of course, too, the, if, you know, if the Patriots take away that one thing, as we always talk about, and, of course, it's going to be Derrick Henry that they try to take away, way can Marcus Mariota make a few plays in the passing game but this is a healthy Tennessee team and it's just a nasty brand of football you know what I mean it's just it's just the type of thing that usually keeps you around in games and you end up beating up the other team pretty good so I think the Titans could make some hay as far as the pass rush goes and you know the key is going to be to getting Tom Brady off his spot make him move around a little bit because that Achilles tendon is still sore even though he's off the injury report but the Falcons-Eagles, are you buying into the idea that the Atlanta has now moved to a three-point road favorite? Are you buying into the idea that the Falcons are going to go on the road and knock off the Eagles? No, I'm not, actually. And, and I think it's, you know what, it sounds too good to be true, right? You know, Falcons on the road being the favorites. I think the Eagles play the disrespect card pretty well. I think Nick Foles will be better than what it is that we've been seeing. They've had a lot of time to try to, you know, prepare for this, put in plays that Nick Foles run, runs well. I don't think they exposed any of that against the Dallas Cowboys. And I think they even took the, the pedal off the metal a little bit when it came to the Oakland Raiders. So I expect a better team. I expect, you know, the interesting thing, too, is how are the, the weather conditions going to affect this one? From what I understand, Clay, and I'm not a media meteorologist but from what i understand there could be steady winds 18 miles an hour gusts up to 31 miles an hour that could wreak havoc in the passing game wreak havoc on special teams other games on sunday Jags, steelers saints vikings what jumps out to you about these two games Jag Steelers, well, Blake Bortles, is this the end? You know, the Jags have a decision to make this offseason. $19 million salary for Blake Bortles in 2018. I get it. He's not really worth $19 million. But that being said, do you have another option? 
can you get a can you get a veteran quarterback? Can you swing that deal? I don't think you're going in the draft because this is a team that's ready to win now. So this is a huge game for Blake Bortles. I just think that that second time around, the Steelers aren't gonna aren't gonna get caught there. As for New Orleans and Minnesota, listen, the Saints have a great offense, obviously number two in the NFL during the regular season in yards, but this Vikings defense is special, and I don't expect Case Keenum to turn back into a pumpkin. I think the Vikings win and then take it on the road to Philly. Interesting question here. Marcus Mariota obviously gets the road playoff win against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that for him in particular, this game against the Patriots is almost entirely a big-time slingshot game in a positive direction. In other words, if the Titans go out and they lose 35-10, to I think most people are going to say, yeah, that's kind of exactly what I anticipated to see happen. But going up against Tom Brady, going up against the Patriots, if Mariota came out and had a big game, how much could this mean for him? It's huge because it continues to build confidence. But as I reported here before, Clay, you know, I really expect changes on this Titans coaching staff. I'm not sure if Terry Rubisky sticks around. I think there'll be changes, other positions on staff. I expect some tweaks to be made to try to help Marcus Mariota get back on, on the, the real big arc that he seemed to be on his first two seasons. Let's be honest, his Titans offense really was stagnant. You know, I mean, and it was stagnant in the first half who's last out week. There? Until, yeah, who's you know out there that they could get? I'm sorry? Who's out there that they could get? I agree with you that they probably are going to have to remake the offense, that Terry Rubisky could potentially be gone. What names are you hearing? Like, what, what, Who would they even look at potentially to remake the offense? Well, listen, I, I'd be speculating here, but I have to look at who Mike Malarkey has ties to right in the past. Is Mike Shula that comes in, works with him potentially as a quarterback's coach if Mike doesn't get an offensive coordinator job. You have Daryl Bevel now. He's been released you know, from his responsibilities as Seattle's Seahawks offensive coordinator. In other words, he was fired. So, you know, we'll see if Bevel's out there. And, you know, again, if it's a quarterback's coach situation, that's one thing. I, I just don't know how much Mike Malarkey wants to truly change his offense. And listen, this last week's win, it, it kept Mike Malarkey's job. If the Titans win on Saturday, they may decide, listen, we'll go with his staff. Maybe no changes are needed. Maybe these are the right guys guys for the job. But for right now, Malarkey, we know he's safe. I'm just not sure about some others on his staff. So is it? would you pick the Titans as the team? I mean, the Titans are nearly a two-touchdown underdog. If I told you you had to pick an underdog, and it sounds like you want to go with the Eagles, so I'm not really going to count the Eagles as an underdog. But if I told you you had to take Titans, you had to take the Jags, or you had to take the Saints – are you really telling me you'd take the Titans as the team that's potentially as an underdog there, most likely to pull off the upset? I'd take it for the points. I yeah. mean, that's what we're talking about. I'd take them in the first half. And, they, you know, the problem is this. If they get into one of these games, you see, and I say this, they came down from 21-3, right? But trying to match firepower with the Patriots, realistically, is just not going to happen. I think they can stick close. I think New England ultimately pulls away. If there's going to be an upset, I think it would be New Orleans against Minnesota. But, gosh, this Saints team is so beat up, too. I mean, Andres Pete being out is huge because this Vikings defensive line is so good. Andres Pete, the 10th different starter out for the New Orleans Saints this season. It really makes what they've accomplished even more remarkable. You've lost basically half your starting lineup during the regular season, and yet now you've made it to the second round of the playoffs. They deserve a lot of props for that. Brady, in his last five game, has six touchdowns, but he also has five interceptions. Is there a reason to worry if you're a Patriots fan entering into the playoffs based on the way he's finished the season? 
it's it's not as efficient and pretty as it should be. But then again, he's not you know dealing with a full deck of cards in a lot of ways. You got Rob Gronkowski, you got Brandon Cooks, and then you don't got much more than that. And now you know you see Rex Burkhead. He's probably not going to be able to go. Mike Gillisley is limited. I mean, you have Deion Lewis. James White was out at the end of the season. I'm not making excuses. I mean, I think that the problem that you have with with the Patriots, and I really think the Titans could take advantage of this, is their offensive line. I think that they they've been you know Tom Brady's been pressured more this season than he's been in the past. You know, clearly if he has Julian Edelman, I think it's a different story as far as two guys being on the same page. But I think that's that's where we're at with Brady. I don't see the beginning of the end. It's just not as beautiful as as it's been in the past. And that also speaks to Tom Brady. I mean, we're we're talking Tom Brady. You know, maybe Carson Wentz gets the MVP. Maybe Todd Gurley. But Tom Brady, we're still talking about one of the best three players in football, if not the guy who ultimately wins the award. So if that's the case with the panic mode on Tom Brady, I think I'll take it. Outstanding stuff as always. So in general, if we get Steelers, Patriots, and let's say that all the favorites win and we get Vikings, Eagles, although that would obviously be an, an underdog winning in the Eagles, what's your Super Bowl pick at this point in time with these eight teams remaining? It would be New England and Minnesota. Uh, the Vikings defense is just special. Plus, you know, I want to see that Super Bowl matchup because the, the Vikings actually have the Gronk stopper. They have Harrison Smith. This guy's ridiculous. He is. He might be the best safety in football, and he can cover Gronkowski, and that's going to force the Patriots to do some different things. I just I feel like this might be the year. Finally, that curse of the Vikings. Four previous Super Bowl appearances, Clay. No victories. They've always found a way to choke it in NFC Championship games, or at least lose. Whether it's it's you know Anderson missing that field goal, Gary Anderson, or the yeah Gary Anderson missing the field goal after being perfect all season back in the 1998 season, whether it's the Bounty Gate game uh, that took place down there. I mean, there's been so many things that have gone on through the years. Darren Nelson dropping a pass in 87, all those things. I think they're finally going to get past it. I really think the Vikings are going to get there. We'll talk to you next week, and we'll have it down to Final Four. Appreciate the time, my man. Splendid, Clay. Thank you so much. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I have a bone constrictor stuck to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. Well, you know, if you happen to be a human, there is some craziness going on. Jason Martin, what you got? Clay, this credit first goes to Ben Shively, who emailed me this. I think it was yesterday. It may have been two days ago. You can email me at jmarkclone at gmail.com. You can hit clay.travis at gmail.com if you want to send us Animal Thunderdome stories. We don't see it all, but this is a really interesting story. There's a brutal heat wave currently happening in Australia. Temperature records being shattered left and right, which often means major fires. But I'll bet you didn't know this. I know I didn't. Aussies are having to deal with, according to sciencealert.com, an ancient breed of flying arsonists akin to miniature dragons. They're nicknamed firehawk raptors, indigenous birds that intentionally spread fire by wielding burning sticks in their talons and beaks. What? Three different species. Listen, black kite, whistling kite, brown falcon. These birds have been doing this for millennia, according to geographers that spoke to National Geographic. It's been known for 40,000 years by aboriginal peoples. The intent is to spread fire to unburned locations. The reason is to drive potential prey towards the raptors by a wall of flames. So basically what the game makers tried to do to the tributes in the Hunger Games. From a 1964 autobiography I found by an indigenous doctor, quote, 
I have seen a hawk pick up a smoldering stick, stop it, drop it in a fresh patch of grass half a mile away, then wait with its mates for the mad exodus of scorched and frightened rodents and reptiles. Researchers increasingly believe these birds know exactly what they're doing, but in the process, they're setting huge brush fires, huge fires in Australia, fires that could harm humans or destroy large areas. This seems like an inefficient way to catch an animal. I'm not an expert on bird thought processes, obviously, but this doesn't seem like a very positive biological creation to allow birds to create fires so they can easier catch animals. Right? Like, you get one bird, but you, I mean, one like rabbit, but you burn like hundreds of acres of otherwise not burned farmland or whatever. That seems like a bad, bad deal. Well, it does seem like a bad deal. I imagine if they're big enough fires, you're driving a lot of prey for a lot of different birds. That's the thing. They're all like sitting there waiting together. Maybe this is just the best idea that these particular species have come up with. Did you guys see the pictures? of the alligators in the frozen lake in North Carolina. Have you guys seen this? You need, if you haven't seen this, I'm, I ever, not just you guys who are on the show with me, but everybody out there who is listening right now, you need to get out your phones and Google alligators and then like ice, ice. Like in, this is crazy, in North Carolina, it's been so cold. It's been so cold all over the South in particular and all over the country in general, but the South in particular that these alligators live in North Carolina, like southern North Carolina, and the ponds that they are in have frozen. And so the alligators, to avoid dying underneath the water, have poked their snouts out of the ice to allow them to continue to breathe while they go into this catatonic state. Have you seen this story? It's an unbelievable story. I saw one photo. I saw one photo of it. I guess maybe they heard something about the iguanas. And didn't want to end up like the iguanas. Well, it explains how the alligators have managed to survive since the dinosaur days. But this is like they know when the water is about to freeze and they poke their snouts out of the water to ensure that they're not frozen underneath the water, unable to breathe. And then they just go into like a catatonic state so that because they're cold blooded, they don't have to worry about the fact that it's so frigid. It, it, it is an unbelievable story. I mean, you need to go check it out. You need to see this picture. Maybe one of us will tweet it out. I tweeted it out yesterday, I think. Um, it's crazy. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. 
so it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear, so before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 